Hello everyone and welcome to Fireside Friends. This is episode 30. I'm Ryan Brasad and with me are my co-host Alan Ibrahim. It's me imagining what it's like to write yourself in your movie as someone's gay husband and how fun that must be. <laughs> sorry. You're not sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I just love that fact no. that we just learned earlier. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. I just I just realized that I said this sentence with me are my co-host. With me are my co-host. <laughs> because Katie's not here uh, because she is sick. And that's a bummer because we're talking about Star Trek. And I wanted her to talk about Star Trek. But stuff happens. Katie, get better, please. Uh, but we have a guest this episode. Uh, Brenna has returned. Hi. I'm here to talk about the Star Treks because Katie can't be. <laughs> How are you, Brenna? I'm doing well. How are, how are things going? Um, they've slowed down since my teaching gig is kind of at a pause right now. Um, so mm. I had time to watch a whole movie, which was a miracle. A whole movie. A, a whole, whole two-hour feature. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're on here again. It's fun. It's good to have you on. Yeah, thanks. It's always great to to pop in and talk about well, something that's not a short story, which is kind of weird, but hey. <laughs> Ran out of them. We got two and then we're done. Yep. <laughs> Alan, what about you? What's up? Oh, I'm in, I've, I'm entering a new busy season. I am mm-hmm. uh, re-entering the world of academics. I'm taking some summer courses Ooh. starting next week. Yeah, hopefully that all pans out really well. I'm trying to better myself and, and make a better sort of portfolio be a more successful person you know one day at a time nice yeah i'm i'm doing summer over here i'm trying to find a job but it's it's a thing i've applied a lot of a handful of places haven't heard back it's a thing (laughs) capitalism it's a thing you've put in the hours that's what matters gross yeah gross (laughs) (laughs) gross We're not here to talk about capitalism, though. We're here to talk about Star Trek. <laughs> when, <laughs> what is, mm, if we were talking about the series, I would say, well, our, we could have a conversation about how these relate. <laughs> but uh, we're not talking about the series. Can can Star Trek happen in capitalism? Uh, that's me. I'm the person who wrote that headline. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that a real headline? Yes. <sighs> I'm pretty sure. Heck, yes. Hold on. I have to check can now. Star Trek happen in capitalism uh the economics of star trek what the this is a washington post article as it should be oh wait what happens in the economics of star trek is the automation has taken over and they represent what's most honorable about capitalism thanks washington post <laughs> you doing the work <laughs> how, how do you heckle an online news article or opinion article this, <laughs> yo this article has three authors attached to it Woof. Oh my god that's how hot of a take this is oh my god can i just say real quickly a google search for star trek capitalism just a lot of videos of white men saying things like uh why capitalism is better than socialism <laughs> like <laughs> <I'm so> <laughs> these men are wrong anyways Anyway, we're here to talk about the 2016 film Star Trek Beyond. Uh, This is written by Doug Young, 
and Simon Pegg, and it's directed by Justin Lin. Uh, this is the third in the series of new Trek, new Star Trek, J.J. Abrams directed franchise, but it's not directed for J.J. Abrams for the first time in this new series. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and go first since I chose this uh, to talk about. Um, I like this movie a lot. I actually, I saw it in theaters when it came out and I was really surprised at how good it was because I had watched the first two J.J. Abrams films beforehand and they, those were bad. I don't like them. Uh, they're too action focused and not enough character work and really bombastic and kind of boring. Uh, this is, this is still very actiony, very bombastic, but it, uh, the thing that stands out to me the most is that this movie is, uh, it doesn't, it's not afraid to just stop and let the characters be characters, which the other movies don't really do. Um, there's a lot of good, like really slow, uh, scenes. There's a lot of good character work. There's a lot of smart writing. Um, and I just, I think it's a fun space adventure and, uh, it's not really, it's not quite Star Trek, but in the context of it being a huge Hollywood action movie, I think this is a fun one of those. Um, so that's kind of my general thoughts on that. Uh, Alan, what do you think? What are your, what are your takes? So I, I primed a discussion about this with another friend uh, a couple days ago when I watched it, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I think it's going to be worth it to discuss it in the context of a lot of other modern sci-fi cinema, but it reminded me that it's important that we differentiate. Like when people say their knee-jerk reaction is like, man, when is Star Trek going to be smart again? And then it's like, oh, all AAA sci-fi flicks are dumb action movies. And mm-hmm. it's like important to remember that, A, uh, they're not trying to be smart. That's not the point. The point is to take something that is well-known and do something fun and unique and, and excitable with it, you know? There mm. is still a huge audience for pensive, quiet, patient, introspective sci-fi. See Ex Machina. See uh, that movie with uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Under the Skin, like see interstellar oh actually interstellar is kind of bad but like mm. those movies exist like, you know what i mean and moon i don't know moon, moon. yeah Moon's totally pretty good absolutely uh looper although again questionable um that exists primer <laughs> primer yes upstream color i haven't seen primer in a long time so i don't know if i like it or not i, I assume i'll probably like it if i give it another chance i've heard upstream color is a lot better and at least it's like more watchable but that is an opinion that is not widely held. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm, this could be a fun discussion someday. They're different movies. They're sure. going to be different. And so. and so Star Trek Beyond doesn't fit into those. It's just like, oh, this is the crew you already know. Like, we start with so much, like, oh, look how beautiful the Enterprise is. And you're like, the, me, the smart viewer, I'm going, they're going to blow it up, aren't they? And then they're like, look <laughs> at how nice this relationship is. Mm, they're going to split up, aren't they? <laughs> it's just like... Oh, I saw that coming from a mile away. The movie, and that's fun. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy that. I think that's a lot. That's enjoyable. Uh, and I, I thought the villain was also great. So you know, let's mm. we'll talk about it. But yeah, yeah. How about you, Brenna? What are your general thoughts? Um, well, I have to start out with a confession. I never really watched the old Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. Um, You're like, good. I've seen a few episodes of the Next Generation. Um, mm-hmm. 
like probably just Same a here. handful, but I haven't like consistently watched or gone back to watch the old um, the old series, even though I keep saying like, oh, I should go back and watch Star Trek. Uh, it just never happens. But um, yeah, I it's really... an intimidating back catalog. Yes, it's uh, it is. And then, you know, sometimes when I talk about it, I get conflicting opinions. Oh, you should do it. Or, oh, they don't hold up. Well, you shouldn't. Um, I think ultimately I'd like to eventually yeah. watch them but there's so many things i'd like to eventually watch they're just one more on right. the list yeah um, but overall i i enjoyed the enjoyed the movie alan i think what you said um i saw it coming from a mile away the movie was really <laughs> accurate um i i got the feeling that nothing in this movie was wasted there there was no such thing as an offhand comment that didn't come back to mean something later um mm-hmm. Like when the, uh, is it, I guess the Admiral, I can't remember her title, but um, her name ended up being Paris, which we only find out at the very end, said something like, the only ship more advanced than the Enterprise is still being built. And then, you know, but at the end, you find out that that's the new Enterprise. And (laughs) just a bunch of little things like that. Like nothing was wasted. Everything eventually meant something. Uh, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that, though, because when there's too much of that, it feels too tidy um, mm-hmm. and less like it's a real world and more like it's kind of a puppet box. But yeah, um, but I wouldn't say that was bad enough that I didn't enjoy it. It was just right. some of those were a bit like, oh, OK, yeah, like <laughs> totally broadcasting. Hey, this is going to be something. This is going to be something. Huh. I like that about it though, because the last few movies are so disjointed that like it was nice to have. It's it's a little silly, and it definitely feels like a Simon Pegg thing to do, of just like having all these small details that come back in some sort of way. Um, but I enjoyed it because it felt really cohesive in a way that definitely not. Uh, and to darkness ever displayed that sort of uh, cohesiveness. Um, so I like that aspect of it. I like I liked how that reflected in that in the dialogue too. Like uh, I think one of my favorite scenes in this movie is like the uh, the Spock and Bones stuff. Yep. Um, especially the scene where like Bones is healing Spock. Cut the horseshit, Doctor. I fail to see how excrement of any kind bears relevance on our current situation. Spock, like, co-ops that phrase towards the end (laughs) in a really nice way. I just got one question. What's your favorite color? I fail to see the relevance. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) You say it hurts less, it's a surprise. (laughs) I may adopt the parlance with which you are familiar. I can confirm your theory to be horse shit. If I called those... those tidbits of the movie Chekhov's guns would I be asked to just leave the podcast right now oh <laughs> maybe uh, well we'll allow I'll, it. I'll not, stop we're not about that kind of <laughs> oh definitely not <laughs> see all of our other podcast yeah, episodes yeah. from minute one I couldn't help uh, myself <laughs> it's hmm I do, yeah. The the whole Simon Simon Pegg working on it is really it's great because he obviously comes from the Edgar Wright school of like we're gonna use use the use the horse and all of its bones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't know what the saying is. You know what I'm talking about? Where they're like, oh, the uh, indigenous people of America would always like use all parts of the animal. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, that. It's that, but for filmmaking. <laughs> um, well, especially because uh, Into Darkness, which I did not see and I do not plan to see. Don't. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. It's real. Unless you want to watch a bad movie and be fascinated on how it got made. I think I've seen it, but I literally can't remember <laughs> anything about it. Like, that sounds I, about right. <laughs> I, I only think I've seen it because I know I must have, but I can't imagine not. But I can't remember anything about it. Okay. All, all I know about Into Darkness is that it like expects the, its twist to be super smart and brilliant and like freak you out, but it's the most obvious twist in the history of cinema. Um, and then it's also just a boring, dumb movie other than that. Oh, wait, and... that was the one with Benedict Cumberbatch, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah that's probably why I he... am trying to not remember it. He's He played Khan, and he, like before that movie came out, he acted like he didn't play con yeah. even though he played con and it was awful and then there's that part where uh i think kirk no it's spock spock yells con and it's the most horrible yell i've ever seen in the movie The the no yell in episode three is better than <laughs> Spock's con yell in Into Darkness. It it felt I don't know how that movie <laughs> how did, that movie seemed like it was like not finished. Um, especially that. Oh, anyway, we're not here to talk about that mess. <laughs> so yeah, they they had time to make this movie, and the fact that it has a quote unquote twist, it's more just like the villain is somebody else, but it's not like. It's not trying to fool you with that. I think we had a conversation with our buddy Sean uh, many months ago about uh, why he doesn't like uh, Life of Pi. And his point was basically that uh, he doesn't like it when a movie like tries to pull the wool over your eyes and be like, oh, you didn't realize this all along, you big dummy, and like makes the viewer feel bad. This film is just like, here's the thing that we're going to we're gonna figure out as the cast does, and then we'll go from there with it. Like mm-hmm. the, the identity of a crawl is... He was a former Starfleet pilot. That's it. That's the whole. That's the. That's the big reveal. It's not like it doesn't change the reality of the film. It just explains his motivations, and it doesn't get in the way of anything. And it doesn't make you go like you don't have to. You don't have to rethink any of the movie. You know, because it's just yeah. a point of 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 plot essentially that they find out by like looking at some computers and then looping a video back and forth really fast. I still don't understand how they figured that one out. I don't actually either. Now that I think about it, how so they that is figured the one out point. that Crawl was um, Edison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't quite follow that myself because yeah, what whatever technology he was using to extend his life like changed his appearance so much that right. I mean it was a bit of a leap to think that um, Uhura watching those old grainy videos on the Franklin would show her that it was. Crawl, but I-, I was willing yeah. to accept it. I mean, I get. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the thing was like for me, it was like this movie is like so neat. Otherwise, that that kind of just yeah. stuck. I didn't mind it too much, but it was just like that's a leap that I I probably wouldn't get that. Maybe it was the voice. I don't know. I don't know. You know, she she is the communications and language officer, so I could see that the voice would give it away far more than his mm-hmm. appearance. So that yeah. that's something I hadn't considered. 
Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm looking through my notes right now. I took notes this episode, folks, uh, and I'm not seeing any like I'm not, can't trace the evidence here at all. It doesn't line up. It's fine. Like it's not a big point of contention. What matters is we get this villain crawl who wants humans, and he invades the Enterprise with a bunch of his men and his people, and they look like bad Power Rangers villains, and <laughs> like. Like we were saying earlier, and I actually vividly remember Ryan talking about this. Did you talk about this film on the podcast or just I might have. I might have. Yeah. So I like either of those conversations. I remember you telling me like, hey, when you watch this film, like keep an eye out for an early on scene where they like practically fetishize the Enterprise, um, which is a fun sentence, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Fetishize the Enterprise. Uh, And they do. Like the beginning of the movie is just like, look at the deck. Look at the captain's chair. I I really want to talk about the opening of this movie, though, because I love it. It's great. Um, So the opening scene is like Kirk giving a gift to an alien species, which, I mean, that's how you can you get more Star Trek than that. Um, And then they get mad over because they learn that it's like a thing that's been stolen from someone. Uh, and they accuse Kirk of like endangering them or something like that. Yeah. And then like the like scary alien guy like jumps in front of Kirk. He's like high up and he jumps down and it's just a little alien dude and all of them like are just Like it doesn't even come dudes. up to his knee. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just jump all over Kirk and then they had to beam Kirk out. Like that is a perfect encapsulation of what this movie is. It's like playing with the tropes of Star Trek but in its own like weird, not weird, but like actiony, humored sort of way, like that encapsulate this movie to a T. And in the same, um, oh sorry, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, and in the same way that nothing is wasted at the very end, because when he when they beamed Kirk over, a couple of those aliens just came along for the ride. Um, oh yeah, they're on the, the ship. That they were there. Those aliens were there at the party afterwards, celebrating their victory, and they named one. Oh my Kevin. god. He named it Kevin. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah, it was that wearing last scene like is a that... bright green polo shirt. It was yep. it was amazing. <laughs> that party scene's fun because it just brings everyone back, even like people from other movies that haven't been seen in a while. Just like they they do a really cool thing. Speaking of these early scenes of like you, I started to recognize some of the crew, even though they don't get names, just based on like their hairstyles and their looks, like even mm. the red shirts. Because, like, it's important to this film's plot and making you like the characters that you understand, like, everyone on the Enterprise is a person with a life and uh, romance and problems, etc. So the fact that they use, like, the same cast, and although it was a lot of extras, there was, like, recognizable extras, is really smart. And they have that whole scene at the beginning where it's, like, some of them got got along really well, and it's two Mm -hmm. of them, like, smooching in a closet, and then some of them didn't. The girl smacks the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Kicks him out of her cube. It's corny, but it works. (laughs) <laughs> yes exactly mm-hmm. and uh yeah so we go from all that to just beautiful hd shots of the enterprise this place yeah. is great well, don't you isn't it great i might have mentioned this like a year ago on this podcast but like the feeling i always got was like the set design of these new movies have always been amazing but they never have a chance to shine because jj abrams doesn't want to keep the fucking camera still and unless they keep the camera still and they show it off and it looks beautiful i loved uh i loved all of that stuff uh, i loved the way this film opened and especially that scene in the bar with kirk and bones uh having this moment about his dad uh i thought was really well done um 
yeah i love the way this movie opens i actually mistook that scene for the tribute to um anton yelchin because Mm -hmm. like watching it now after the fact and they talk about finding it the whiskey in his locker and they poured the empty one (laughs) oh yeah supposed to be to the actor who died and Mm. and then my husband was like uh no that's for kirk's dad and i'm like oh never mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah there is definitely like weight added to some of the checkoff moments where you're just like, Oh, was this intentional? Was this, are they going for a thing? No. Okay. Yeah. Because having that context now, a couple years later or whatever, it's just makes it, it hard to watch. It definitely, sometimes. For, for sure. It's very hard to watch. It made all of the scenes where it was like him and, uh, and Sulu just like being friends and being uh spaceship friends. Like, they're like, oh, Mr. Sulu, Mr. Chekhov. And you're like, oh, I love both of them. I want yeah. them to be friends forever. <laughs> <laughs> they like yeah. have these nice longing looks at each other. And it's just beautiful. Um, and yeah, so we get all that like beautiful stuff. And then I guess the crew gets like a brief shore leave before the bad right. stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's when we get the just now, I guess, infamous <laughs> the corny ass shot of Sulu's at an airport. And he gets this, he runs into his husband and his daughter, and it's like, oh my god, Sulu's gay! Oh my god! Which, okay. Alright, Star Trek. Five seconds of side hug. It's, yeah, it's not even a kiss, it's just a side, like, oh, hey, hello, Fred. Like, you could almost mistake it for, like, his brother. Yeah. Uh, I think they hold hands, too, but that that's supposed to be the, like, <gasps> gasp, whatever. Um, yeah. I do remember that George Takai like wasn't a fan of this reveal, um, but I, I guess that was more just because it's it felt like they were like because he, he had to be in the closet for his entirety on Star Trek because it was the '60s and he wasn't ready to come out yet. Uh, and now they are just like get to retroactively because George Takai is gay, they get to make Sulu gay separately as John Cho plays him, and it's like you could you could argue that that can feel a little bit disrespectful, maybe. I also think it they didn't ask him first either. Oh yeah, then that case, yeah, there you go. Fuck it. At least talk to the guy who did it, because this movie clearly had like these film these these Abrams Star Treks have respect for the previous actors. There's that shot uh, towards the end where I think like Scotty or someone finds the picture or of um no it's Spock. Spock finds the picture of like other Spock with the original crew. And it's this very nostalgic, like, oh, look at the people that came before us. Very respectful, very good scene. Um, but then, yeah, you also get this moment where it's like, come on, Sulu. All right, Sulu's gay. That's where we are now. That's fine. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what happens. Oh, yeah. So basically, yeah, we get some shore leave. Everyone's like having fun. And then we get back on the ship. Uh, oh, there's a distress signal. This We're going to bring this alien lady onto our ship. And she's cool, but she tells him to go somewhere to save her friends. And I thought that the plot reveal here was going to be... So she tells them, like, oh, they run into an ambush. The ambush is, like, a million swarm ships. Bees, as we learn later, (laughs) is what they're called. Yeah. And the bees, uh, like, tear the Enterprise apart. Kirk does his best. He starts to have anxiety about, like, am I going to end up being like my dad? Because I'm dying at the same age, theoretically. That's kind of the the arc of this whole sad sad action scene and we watch the enterprise get torn apart and they they crash on a planet which becomes the setting for the rest of the film this like cool forest planet and uh 
he asks her like why why did you lead us into an ambush and she says something like i they were gonna free my people if i put your people in danger so i thought that they were gonna do something where it's like now the enterprise crew can be free if they put somebody else in danger and it was gonna like be about them breaking the cycle it's not they just beat the bad guy (laughs) i i love though that in this movie the enterprise getting destroyed just feels so devastating it's like yeah. heartbreaking to watch. It hurts, yeah, because it's yeah. like it's a they worked so hard on it. And if you've been following these films, it's like been eight years, like seven years when it came out. Um, even like this version of the Enterprise, it's just it's hard. It's so heartbreaking well, to watch it. So compared to like Into Darkness, where the ship they just like in the opening to the last movie, they just like parked the ship underwater, even but, though that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah i don't know they treat the ships in the movie with more respect than Ent- everything is treated with more respect than into darkness did sorry i don't mean to just talk shit about into darkness but it's a bad movie i mean like you said it's or what we said at the beginning it's worth comparing this film to its contemporaries <clears throat> including the movie that came before it like mm-hmm. that is the context that we're discussing it in um what did y'all think of jayla who gets introduced right after this I liked her. She was cool. I love her so much. That's kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love her look. I love that she listens to Fight the Power. Yeah. Uh, I actually just read some trivia on IMDb that says that Simon Pegg based her character on Jennifer Lawrence in Winter's Bone, which is uh, a weird, weird, weird comparison. Have either of y'all seen Winter's Bone? I, I have not. I need to. Ama- it's such an amazing film. I actually, I watched it in a film class. Oh, uh, it's an incredible film and she's it's Jennifer Lawrence is the main character and she's basically playing this like independent like actually independent not in like the cartoon version of like white feminism independent uh, character who is like trying to figure out who I think who kidnapped her father who killed her father yeah and it's like this southern gothic well, she knows who did thing. it she's just steering clear of him yeah yeah it's yeah it's amazing it's like beautiful and really sad but there's like it's clearly written by people that uh, were from the South and understand the culture there and how like insular and, and harmful parts of it can be um, like the deep, like the deep, deep, the scary, the actual part, the parts that like people stereotype the South as being is like what that film is actually about. Not the rest of the South, obviously. Um, but so comparing her to that, like Jayla. Wait, is hold just... on. What do you, you need to elaborate on that? Okay. I'm yeah. Not yeah. Getting that comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So basically like, the rest of a lot of times like the stereotype of the south is like it's a bunch like it's hillbilly town with like horrible bad people and racism which is not true uh obviously um there are parts of like the literally they live in the woods and there are people in winter's bone who are that or like horrible racists and murderers and like bad people okay but it it does like differentiate that like this is not the rest of the south this is this part you know like Mm -hmm. Um, but I, yeah, this is not a Winter's Bone podcast. I, and it's been a while since I've seen it, but very interesting film. Definitely worth okay. watching. To be fair, I thought you were talking about Star Trek, and I was like, no, oh, no, no. That's a little, that's, you're stretching yeah, it. I'm, I, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll nod my head, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, basically, what we're getting at is that Jayla is like supposed to be cool, alien, fun times, independent girl. And she is. She has like the duplication ability. I actually I took a note here that said like 
heart traps are what save the day in this movie. Nobody like yeah. their their shit doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, they she, had, like, has Yeah, they hadn't had that duplicator when they went to go free everyone and confront Crawl. Yeah. yeah. The the duplicator and that like goo wall thing oh, yeah. where smoke comes out of the motorcycle. Yeah. Um that's all her. So she just makes all of the stuff that gets them off the planet. And it's like, well, very convenient that you met this nice character who knows everything and yeah. lives on the USS Franklin, which is such a cool touch that she lives on yeah. this uh, Starfleet ship from like 60 years ago. It's the equivalent of like if this movie took place today, then this ship was from like the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of like the the time frame they were they were trying to get across because it's not analog. Obviously, there is still teleportation which becomes important and like hollow screens but you do see i loved i just love seeing old technology in in sci-fi um especially like when the old stuff is still newer than the present yeah uh, i just find that stuff like really interesting and i, I like that she calls it her home <laughs> yeah yeah she really says good. like you're gonna crash my home into something or whatever like this yeah. is my home yeah their their plan basically to get people off because the idea is that crawl like kidnapped a bunch of the enterprise crew didn't kill them but took them to steal their life force for villainous reasons and uh the way that they're going to get them off is they're going to use the uss the uh the other ships uh teleporter to get them off like two at a time and i just, i don't know i just love like whenever people talk about the teleporter or the tricorders in star trek i love that that shit it's so it's so fun and crunchy and like, ooh, like what are the mechanics of this stuff? It's so, that's the nerd in me that just enjoys hearing about all that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but when can I actually attend Starfleet Academy and become an engineering officer? <laughs> Is that the, you think that'd be the position you would oh, take? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Enge- what is it? It's like engineering, uh, military, and like science? I'm basing it on Star Trek Online. <laughs> Those are the classes. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, the closest to a canon Star Trek game that we get. It's like very canon, I think. I'd actually be a bad officer. I'd be the civilian that lives up in the dish or whatever. <laughs> in in TNG. Oh yeah, yeah. I um I just want to be somebody who lives on uh what is it called James not Jamestown Yorktown. Because Yorktown's awesome. They get to Yorktown. They talk about it early on in the film as like, this is kind of like the Mass Effect Citadel, except yeah. it's it's not like it's not the center of Starfleet. It's just an important, like nearby home base. And they basically, yeah, they do a bunch of stuff on the planet. They also have, hold on, yeah, yeah. For uh, another dumb throwaway line that comes back later is Simon Pegg going or maybe it's not I think it's Bones who are just like this thing looks like it's ready to fall apart <laughs> and <then> it does <laughs> are, they, are they referring to Yorktown though yes well they're referring to the planet or yeah 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 I don't understand the the science of how Yorktown exists and I don't want to know <laughs> it's, it's just... a thing I don't know it's dumb but it's cool <laughs> It's a gravity hell, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, all the last like big thing that happens on the planet is they get their daring escape, where Kirk, because he is the main character, gets to use Jayla's uh, technology, gets a motorcycle because why not? And they put the goop in it, and he uses it to like make fun little uh, invincible walls around the people. 
they get teleported and then he's like i'm gonna get teleported but i have to rescue jayla first but jayla doesn't need rescuing because she's like literally fighting crawl hand to hand like a badass um it's not crawl it's bodyguard or it's no it's the it's like his number two right yeah yeah yeah, Manus. yeah. well it's in it's, it's his number one in the star trek canon oh you're right <laughs> thank you <laughs> this is number you're one welcome um Ryan actually has now seen more Star Trek than any of us, I think. Are you kidding me? What? You've watched a couple episodes of TNG, right? I'm like almost done with season two, but I've skipped a few episodes. I think you've probably still... I've watched like three episodes of TNG. Jackson is listening to this right now like, you fools! I I was not ready for this. Hey, if you want to listen to people who actually know (laughs) what Star Trek is, uh, y'all should listen to... uh, Oh, fuck. What's the name of the Second Officer Slog? Yes. Second Officer Slog. That's Jackson and M's Star Trek podcast where they talk about one episode of Star Trek and then a Star Trek novel, which is a ridiculous... (laughs) <laughs> adventure it's two episodes it. of star trek right yes two episodes yes the and fact then, that they honestly the fact that they squish all of that into like an hour and a half two episode discussions and a novel is incredible um, and they're both very big star trek nerds and i love it um anyway anyway she's she's fighting the dude <laughs> yeah 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 we're kidding. she fights the number one she's doing great they go together they teleport together in like a cool jump and then teleport kind of scene and uh bones is great throughout all this stuff Everyone gets fun jackets. I'm just going through my notes at this point. Um, Jayla has a sad backstory about how they killed all of her people. Again, Mm -hmm. that was one of those, like, I bet you she has a sad backstory. And then she did. Um, And then, yeah, this is when Yahura finds out that Crawl is... What is the full name of this guy? He's got, like, the coolest name ever. Uh, Uh, I don't remember. Balthazar Edison. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Someone... Simon, fucking, someone he's a that. fucking Pokemon, Balthazar. Balthazar, it's the mega evolution of Mega Charizard. Um, Balthazar Edison was the captain of the USS York. Not what's the Franklin. name of the ship? Franklin. Thank you. There's so many names. Uh, and he was on a mission that didn't go well. I kind of like this plot. It's it's sort of the thing Me that too. where where these like big budget sci-fi films like hint at greater themes but don't address them it's very like nationalist yes like uh you know they're having us work we're having us like doing the whole like unity thing and working with the enemy and i don't want to do that i just want to fight wars and shit fuck this starfleet bullshit fuck working with other species human race is the best all that all that stuff Right, it doesn't even, like, seek to make him likable because it's like, yeah, you fought... Because Kirk has that conversation with him where he's like, yeah, you winning that war is the reason that we all work together and we have unity. I know you wanted to win that war so that humans could live on their own, but sorry, that's not how progress works. And Mm. so he's really bitter at Starfleet for that. But the, the point of it that I liked was they turned a military general into the captain of a ship and expected that to go well. And he's yeah. like, of course, like you listen to his logs and he's like, everyone's dead, <laughs> like day six. And it's like, fucking, of course they did because it's Star Trek and you can't have a military guy lead a like crew of scientists. Even though Kirk is like the most like <laughs> they, Kirk is it? Yeah. Kirk matures in the time between the last Star Trek movie and the Star Trek movie. But uh, they did. They like don't do a good job of having Captain Kirk look like a responsible captain who who on this crew do you think would be actually the best captain 
I mean, Kirk has his shit together by this one, and that's fine. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to imagine a world where like uh, Sulu is the captain, because there's that moment where he gets in the captain's chair. Because Kirk is like, I'm going to go do action movie stuff. You pilot the ship and don't let it blow up again. And it's not the first time um, Kirk has handed off command to Sulu, right? I'm thinking that happened in previous movies. can't remember. Uh, probably. Sulu is definitely the person to give it to if you're going to give it to anyone. Because Chekhov would freak out really easily. Uh, Uhura has better things to do. <laughs> and uh, Spock. What does Spock do on the ship? Hold oh god, on. now you're asking me super specific questions. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Antagonize um, Kirk? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, who's gonna antagonize <laughs> That's a good point. Oh god. Not so much in this movie, though, which I yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Thank god. Thank god. Spock spends this entire movie being horny for Yuhura, and it's kind of uncomfortable to watch in parts. That's not the whole movie. He's also injured a lot. Right, right, and he's the whole, like... Who are you going to send with me to, to take care fair, of my injury? I think, I think the whole Leonard Nimoy plot is good. Yes. Um, uh, and that's a lot of what Spark, Spark, Spock's arc is in this movie. Spark is his like, pet dog in the animated series, if that was a real thing. Animated series is a real thing, but uh, I don't think he has a no, dog. No, uh, Keenzer should lead the Enterprise. Obviously. Oh, shit, Keenzer, my favorite. Keenzer is the... So, like, I, Ryan and I are both obsessed with... The like side characters in Star Trek, like Ponda Baba and uh, oh, Star Wars. Star, Star. Oh my God, I got the names wrong. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I was talking about Star Wars. St- the side characters like Ponda Baba and uh, Salacious Crumb, etc. Um, Max Rebo. Star Trek doesn't. I think main Star Trek has plenty of those, but these movies have none of those because it, everyone is a character. Um, mm. And yeah, so Keenzer is the one person that's just like, oh, it's There's fun to a like him. Part in this movie where Keenzer throws up acid and yeah, opens acid the door, bark. and it's not explained at all. <laughs> and it's great. That's just a good like. The alien is weird. It has acid barf. Okay, all right, sure. Why not? But yeah, they should they should make Keenzer the captain for a day. He does nothing. He's like barely. They they ran out of time to put him to give him anything to do because they're busy doing other fun. Well, yeah, stuff. because he's he's Simon Pegg's buddy, and yeah. they didn't really have any moments together, I other than like the beginning. Yeah, I don't need a dark like Keenzer backstory episode or something. Or, or I don't know, that'd be funny. <laughs> I would be kind of interested in the new Star Trek show dealing with some of this because is it the same Star Trek universe as this one? I think so. I'm interested so. in that show. I'm just excited for that show is what I'm getting at. Um, yeah. I have hope I'm for excited. it. I don't know a whole lot about it because I like to hide underneath a rock away from any and all pop <laughs> culture stuff until I'm forced to confront it. <laughs> it's like a streaming only. Like it's me on like CBS's streaming service. I think is Brian Fuller working on it? He used to be the showrunner, but he quit. Oh. Uh, due to some scheduling stuff with other other projects right he was the Hannibal guy so he does great work um and I feel like I read somewhere that they're gonna make an effort to make it more of the sciencey stuff and not just like a dumb action show but who actually knows maybe that's right. just marketing um yep so then they are they get they get on to Yorktown this is the part that I wanted to talk about that I loved Yorktown is so cool because it's like it, there's no center of gravity because it's all like an artificial planet so there's water like hovering in lakes that don't have a bottom 
Like they go, th- if you think about how this works, they go from space to underwater to above water. And it's like, wait, so there's nothing under the water. That's just, it just goes into space. It's so cool. It's just like this weird 3D geodesic hell dome where the the air currents and the, the gra- what do they call it? Like the gravity something, the gravity currents. Uh, the something like that. The gravity slipstream. The gravity slipstream. Yes. Um, it's just an excuse for them to do some video game ass shit and like have Kirk yep. jump into the slipstream and be like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to chase you through the slipstream. Though I really like that Idris Elba character like figures this out first and jumps off. And then Kirk like calls Spock or whoever he's talking to and he's like, what? <laughs> Before <laughs> he actually just jumps. Die? <laughs> is that guy dead? They're like, no, idiot. <laughs> just jump. <laughs> And he has to, yeah, he has to go with him and then, um, like, chases him. Because they have this, we didn't even mention it. There's, like, a dumb, I want to call it a McMuffin. It's a MacGuffin. (laughs) I always mix those up. (laughs) One is delicious. The other one is a plot convenience. Um, There's a a MacGuffin that's called the the capital A Artifact. Yeah. Which Which is is the gift that Spock, or characters, goddamn. Yep. Uh, It's the artifact that Kirk, um, presents to the aliens at the beginning of the movie uh which you feel like is gonna be a throwaway thing but then it's central to the plot extremely it just it lets him do that thing where he dissolves people into cg dust or whatever yeah uh which the only scene where i thought that was cool was when he like put somebody in a room and she was like no please and then it was like prison and she got dusted. That was kind of cool. Oh, that was the lady who, at the beginning of the movie, Kirk is like, "You're useful. Let's. Br- I'm gonna need you for a secret that plan." Yeah, wasn't very I didn't cool like for that. Sill, Alan. Is the character's name yeah. Sill? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace to Sill. That who, character feels very throwaway. I mean, literally, Kirk is like, "You're useful. I'm gonna use you." And then she, it, what he does is he puts the artifact in her fucking forehead. <laughs> You're an alien. I don't know. Do alien shit. Do the something. thing your head does. Do the weird head thing. I'm going to put yeah. this plot device in your head. And then they yeah. find it and she gives it up and gets dusted horribly. How did we go this long without talking about sabotage? We're getting to it. That's I was about to get to that next. <laughs> yes. So. Well, you did it out of the order because all that stuff happens way after the sabotage. Oh, does it? Happens. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Because yes. they have to get to. Oh, you're, I thought that was at the very end. No, you're right. Um, probably That's how the they get into scene? the planet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's how they get to the play. You're right. Um, before they get to Yorktown, they need to get through the hive that's just chasing them, the bees. And, oh, I love this so much, Ryan. You were talking about how this is, like, a, actually a good example of using classical – or uh, no, they call it classical music. They call it classical music. Uh, good example of using licensed music where uh, the way that they can disturb the hive is to make, like, loud noises because it messes up their – because they communicate through sound. And – they're like, all right, uh, Jayla, like, well, you have a cool stereo beatbox with music from the 90s. What else do you have on there besides Fight the Power? It's it's the song from the first Star Trek movie. It's Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. And, like, the, so the marketing for this movie is really bad, and I don't like it. And it uses Sabotage with, like, clips from the movie. And I thought that was really boring and just reusing sabotage in a really boring way but then it happens in the movie and it comes out of nowhere and it's so perfect i groaned a little bit though when they were like is this classical music and i'm like oh really (laughs) 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 
Yeah. Well, that is the interesting comparison point that Ryan and I were talking about uh, over the last couple of days, which is like we both saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 recently. Um, and that movie, I mean, the only time it actually like confronts its licensed music in, in context is the villain like recites the lyrics to a 70s love song to, <laughs> to convince his son that he, bad things are good. Mm-hmm. The rest of the movie is like, hey, 80s music is good, right? But we're not... It gets all non-diegetic, right? You j- we're just going to play 80s music in the background of dialogue. Isn't that fun? <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, it's not that fun, Dark Guardians. Here, let's finish our rundown of the plot before we talk about other stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, sorry. I'm getting distracted. Um, They they use sabotage, They sat, which is also great because they sabotage the ships. They uh, do. Oh, snap. And everyone's excited. They have... I love that the Enterprise just has a big speaker on it. It's a good feature for it to have. Um, well, they're transmitting frequency to the ships. Oh, that's true. It's just to communicate. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. Um, we get that. Then we get to Yorktown. We get the slipstream stuff. We get Edison. Uh, and then the way that Kirk takes out Edison is he just like gives him the artifact and gets he gets dusted himself. Can I just say I'm so happy at that scene because for about five seconds I was terrified that we would get the world's worst redemption arc oh yeah and then it didn't right. happen like, and I was so relieved right. yeah there's that shot where he like looks and like looks at his reflection in the glass and you're like he's oh, not gonna flip oh, is no. he and then he just he, goes to stab yeah, it's like, it. like, he's gonna see himself he's gonna see he's back in his human form and he's gonna have this this epiphany and he's gonna help Kirk open up the vent to get rid of the things this is totally what's gonna happen and it's gonna be the worst thing oh hey it did it he's just oh, trying he to stab the guy okay <laughs> yeah. Kirk delivers swift justice to yes. him and just immediately gives him the thing and pew, gone. And then he also like goes through the airlock or something, right? Yeah, he yeah. was That's almost great. pulled out, and then Bones and Spock save him on the alien ship. Uh, and then yeah, we get the final scene where like Spock finds the cute original crew photo, and then everyone's in casual clothes and they're at a party together, and uh. Wh- this was a bummer to me. If this is the last one of the last projects that Anton Yelchin was in, his last line is him flirting with an alien girl. <laughs> Where he's just like, oh, you know what they have on my planet? Like, this is a different thing than what you have. Oh, oh, oh. It's like, oh no, that's Chekhov's final moment. But that's nobody's fault. Like, that's just a corny line to end a movie. Um, and it just, it was, it was funny. Like, it, it fits, it's in character for Chekhov. This is yeah. a guy who, in the first movie, everyone's favorite scene of him was when he was like, I got this, I got this, I got this. <laughs> that was yeah. his character, so it's not that disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, yeah, doesn't, like, Kirk get promoted? Or, no, he gets the offer to get promoted, but he's like, I want to continue being a, sh- uh, a star commander. Yeah, Kirk and Spock both realize that they want to stay on Starfleet mm-hmm. without really talking to each other about it. <laughs> right, they make that decision separately. Yeah. And then I feel like all of the Star Trek films did this, but they end with the beginning of the show where they're like, they but, okay. Music. So this is way better because everybody is saying it now instead of Kirk. That is a good point. They do the original, they do the audio of the original one where the narrator says it. And then yeah. it phases into everybody doing it. Like Yuhura, Sulu, uh, uh, Chekhov, etc. And it's like, yeah, that's, which is good because now they're, they know that like, okay, this Star Trek shouldn't be about one person. It should be everybody, on the crew um 
and again, sorry to bring up Into Darkness, but the, the <laughs> Kirk's line reading at the end of Into Darkness is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever heard. Uh, is it really just, bad? Like, it feels like it was done in one take. It also feels like uh, Chris Pine like drank like three beers before he recorded the VO for that. Oh no! <laughs> it sounds really bad. I kind of want to watch Into Darkness now. You've kind of—I fu- don't know if you, your plan has fo- has failed or what. <laughs> like, I will watch it with you if you want to sit down and watch a bad movie. <laughs> I might. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, and then that was that that phases into the into the credits. Was there a post credits? I don't think there was. I'm I'm no. adjusted. I'm like expecting at this point every action movie to have one because Marvel has ruined credits. <laughs> Just yeah, utterly. Um, no, I think it just ends. It's also impressive that this movie is under two and a half hours long because every movie of this type is over two and a half hours long. It's very tight. It it goes. Yes. Very. Also, it's like the Fast and Furious director, uh, which only really is apparent in that sabotage scene, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's very tight. It's very well directed, uh, in my opinion. And I feel like if someone like J.J. Abrams had control over this movie it would not be this good in my opinion so it would be boring it would be more boring for sure it's like the most tightly paced of these films for sure yeah for sure um as tightly someone paced tightly paced and knows where to slow things down and that's always a good thing exactly as someone who's seen 2009 star trek like 11 times because i think i've mentioned this on the, on the cast before or something but I have that Blu-ray and I've watched that movie too many times because when I when I just didn't have anything else to watch, um, this movie is a lot better. I would I would rather have this movie on Blu-ray just to put on in the yeah. background. This feels like you could just watch this standalone; it'll you'll be fine. Hundred percent, yeah. Um, and it does the thing that all of these do, where it just like segues. Like we can just do more of these. It doesn't have to, you know, change the status quo. Like you said, you don't have to watch Into Darkness. If you want to, if another one comes out, you don't have to watch this one, but you should because it's great. It's a good time. They should be self-contained episodic things. Yeah, exactly. They're kind of doing the idea of the Star Trek show, but in film form. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess it also did really well too. So they're probably going to make a whole bunch more of these. I hope they continue on this sort of upward trajectory. Because it, it can't get any worse than Into Darkness, really. <laughs> but this is, like, like way better than I thought it would ever be. Uh, so, Brenna, overall thoughts? You're a fan? You want to watch more Star Trek? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, it gives me kind of a, a weird feeling. Like, simultaneously, I want to have been around when the original Star Treks were released so I could have watched them at the time, while also wanting to be have been born far into the distant future to actually be a part of starfleet (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point actually (laughs) damn well i think the next start the the star trek show that's gonna isn't that like later this year it's really soon yeah i don't know what the exact date is but uh the i mean they just put out a trailer like a week ago so it looks pretty close to getting out there yeah, yeah, so that can be our generation's like current Star Trek because I think I was like barely alive when yeah. the last show was. No, on. it'll be really cool to live in a world. Same thing with Twin Peaks. Yeah, it'll be really cool to live in a world where uh, there's going to be Star Trek airing on television. Well, not like airing on television, but we're gonna live in a world where there's gonna be new Star Trek and you can watch it on your however you watch TV, and that's really cool. 
Yeah, totally. I'm, and just the Star Trek discourse will begin anew. Um, that's fine. Yeah, that's always gonna happen, no matter exactly. what. So, whatever. Oh, so I just realized something. I'm also I'm just like scrolling through some trivia. That that poster that I like a lot for this movie, the one that's all rainbow colored, is based on the Star Trek the motion picture cover. Cool. So yeah, again, just lots of respect, lots of respect for what came before, um, mm-hmm. and a good, a solid uh, action film with some sci-fi background to it. You want to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> I kind of do. I've never seen um, either of them. You're good. <laughs> you said they're bad. I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy. No. Okay. Here's the thing. I hosted a, I hosted a Farscape podcast for a year and a half. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, it wants to be Farscape really badly. Mm. But unlike Star Trek, these films, and unlike uh, Farscape, which is the best sci-fi thing, uh, the characters like don't like each other very much. No, and that's the thing I can't stand about those movies. It's a move. How do you make two movies about friendship and have everybody hate each other? And just have every, almost everybody be unlikable. I don't understand. The only character I like in those movies is Gamora, basically. Uh, and that's kind of it. Everybody else is just kind of an asshole. And this is like very surface level criticism. But everybody's just fucking annoying. <laughs> and Gamora is just like really trying her best and also is flawed in her own way. And that feels like the most realistic and like interpretation of a character. Everybody else is just kind of an asshole. And I don't like that. And I those movies are about friendship and they reward those characters for being complete dicks to each other. And it's insufferable. I don't like it at all. Yeesh. A lot of people talked good said good things about the first Guardians when it came out, which I think also just speaks to how mediocre the Marvel films have been for a while. I think that's mostly it. <laughs> yeah, where it's just like, oh, the rest of these are these like bloated, un unwatchable uh action nonsense romps and they finally made a film that was the beginning of a franchise again and it's just about these four or five people that make jokes <laughs> that's like the connecting thread of guardians of the galaxy <laughs> that they're aliens that make jokes um but there's like no thematic meat and we were pointing out that like guardians 2 specifically has a lot of weird specific plot similarities to to star trek uh, beyond um like kind of kind of like the the ship that they're on at the beginning gets destroyed after a, a ambassador meeting with another alien species goes bad um they get defeated by a swarm of villains uh they land on a forest planet where they meet a wow. girl wow you're right holy shit they land on a forest planet where they meet a girl i didn't think about the swarm thing but that's totally the same thing yeah and then so yeah, the other the place where it splits off is the villain of guardians uh, spoilers is just the dad and it's sort yeah. of like they are trying to go like, oh, humans just want to spread their life force everywhere and don't care about the environment. But like, it, it has nothing to say about that. It's too busy making goofs and being like, hey, look how cute uh, Groot is. Isn't he cute? Look at this cute it's little not. I prefer big Groot to Thank small you. Groot. Because it's way better the post- to just have a big dude being really goofy. Vin Diesel of- Groot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least... Uh, can we talk about? Can we spoil a part of uh, like the post credits for Guardians of the Galaxy two? I guess I'd never yeah. forgive you. <laughs> I haven't seen them, so <laughs> just Groot's changing over time. That's it. That's all it is. Groot's not okay. Gonna be baby well, or whatever. 
I mean, obviously. Yeah. He grows. He's a tree. Yeah. Um, I think Guardians expects you to... Here's, here's, here's the fundamental difference between Guardians and Star Trek. Guardians expects you to like the characters, and if you don't, it, it falls apart. Star Trek makes you like its characters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's well, yeah, why you like There's actual them. character moments in Star Trek Beyond, and there's like... I mean, there are character moments in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but they're not good, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, like, Michael Rooker's character, whatever, Yondu, is such a, like, we brought him back because he's a fan favorite. And it's like, mm. but why do I like him? He's just, because he has a cool ability. Like, what is the character? Give me, you know how they have that um that Red Letter Media Star Wars thing where he's like, give me three adjectives to describe Anakin Skywalker. Like, give me three adjectives to, that aren't uh, describing, like, how he looks. Give me three adjectives that describe Yondu. You cannot. Mm. Other than he is blue and has the arrow. And those are both descriptors of what he looks like. So, <laughs> it's just... He's got a... I don't know. Is it a southern accent or something? Yeah, Michael Rooker certainly is... does. Yeah, I think he's kind okay. of doing it. His voice is really distinct. That's all I got. Right. Exactly. And that's that's his whole thing. And he's, yeah. they just really want you to love him and be like, I love Yondu and I'm so sad when he gets in fights and it gets hurt and stuff. It's silly. They're, they're, they're not, they're like middling films. It's, but you were right though. Like comparing it to Star Trek beyond, it's just like, Oh, they, they did that, but better. They like figured it out. No, that, seeing Guardians of the galaxy two, uh, just made me want to watch Star Trek beyond again. And that's why this podcast exists. There you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Ugh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Goddamn. Fucking a character has an arc where he calls a character ugly and then it ends oh! with you're beautiful on the inside. I'm like, fuck off. Who but, is this movie for? But the joke is that she is traditionally attractive, so it's like ironic that he's calling her ugly. I guess. I, I still don't. I still don't. I still think it's not good. No, it's not. Yeah. Twilight like Zone did it first. You can say that about most things. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of Twilight Zone. It's all a lot of it's very good. Yeah, go watch go start Star Trek Beyond, then go watch Twilight Zone, and don't <laughs> don't bother yourself watching Guardians of the Galaxy. Or do do whatever you do want. Do whatever makes care. you happy. If you like the corn, listen to the soundtrack. Whatever. Enjoy '80s music on its own. You don't need a movie to tell you to like '80s music. Uh, it uh. That stuff's good. Um. Also, whatever Guardians like bogs itself down with also being a Marvel film. They have to talk about uh, what's his face, Thrawn, Thrall, Thor. What's oh, the guy's name? Uh, um, the the big dude. What's the big dude's name? I'm so, <laughs> I've lost my nerd card for good. Uh, he has a name, and I knew I it at one point. I can see him. I can see a cartoon. He's got all the rings. Thanos. 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 There you go. The big from... space dude. Yeah, it's. Don't forget, folks, the, Mar- the Marvel movies in their current crop have been going on since, like, 2007, and they are on the same canon shit that they've been on. Like, they're just so drowning in that stuff now that even this space adventure has to be like, but don't forget, Thanos still has those Infinity Rings from six movies ago. And that stuff is just not interesting. Like, I'm going to be in my 30s when they finish this arc out. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yep. Um, and my fear is that we're just going to be talking about Star Wars in the same way. Yeah, once they realize this trilogy is done, they're going to keep making more, yeah. Yeah. Although I want more Star Wars. (laughs) Looping it back around to capitalism. Exacto mundo. Um, Finish how we started. Back to the way it started. Back back 
to the past. Uh, would you have any? Do y'all have anything else you want to mention about uh, Star Trek Beyond or anything? I think I'm, I think we're good. I think I'm I'm done. This is a good movie. I like it. It's fun. I had fun. Yeah, I enjoyed watching it. Definitely would throw it on in the background again, or just watch it when I'm in the mood for something fun. Some weekend. or just watch it on your PS3 when you need a pretty movie to watch. Right, right. I, I, again, like if I had the Blu-ray of this, this would be a perfect version of that. Yeah, it's a, it is a gorgeous film. Um, they put that budget to good use. Oh, Star Trek. Star I hope, Trek. I hope the new show is good. Me too. I'm looking forward to it, and not looking forward to the idea of subscribing to another cable network. But that's neither here nor there. Capitalism, whatever. <laughs> let's let's finish this podcast. Yes, let's, Ryan. I don't know how to end these things anymore. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Podcast Fireside. Yeah. Holy shit. Yes, yes, yes. You got it. I would like to apologize on being really rusty when it comes to podcasts. Um, just all around. But Podcast Fireside on Twitter. You can email us email us at uh, firesidefriendspodcast at gmail.com. And then we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash firesidefriends. If you want to support this train wreck, I'm obviously like doing a really good sell on it right now. <laughs> but support the train wreck. <laughs> uh, we have enough money to uh, pay for podcast hosting, which is great. Uh, so thanks a lot, Brenna. Brenna is <laughs> one of the back Patreon backers, and she's right here. Thank you, Brenna. Can confirm good for podcast doing that. to back. <laughs> and also shout outs to David as well for helping us out. Um, and that's pretty much it. If you want to rate us on iTunes, you could do that too, but nobody does that. So, I mean, like, I even have podcasts I love a lot and we'll talk about on Twitter a lot, but I haven't reviewed them on iTunes, which is maybe like some hypocrisy there. Uh, I should probably just do that for all the podcasts that I like. But yeah, I don't know. Support the show in whatever way you can. Um, and yeah. Oh, also, I'm just going to plug Abnormal Mapping's Patreon, too, because they're cool. Uh, Abnormal Mapping uh, is a video game podcast, and they're branching out into doing other podcasts. Jackson is doing a Cohen Cambria podcast, <laughs> which is incredible, and I love it to death. Um, and they just actually raised enough money uh, to bring back the Goof Zone, which is Jackson <gasps> and Destiny's Mental Health podcast. Uh, and I'm super excited for that stuff. So definitely check out Abnormal Mapping and their podcast network, uh, abnormalmapping.com. You can find all that stuff. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Taco Detective. Those are all my plugs. How about you, Alan? I uh, Social media-wise, still off the grid, but I do host another podcast. It's called Chats, a television podcast. And you can find it at chatspod.simplecast.fm. We watch Avatar The Last Airbender and talk about how beautiful that show is. And, uh, yep, that's that's pretty much all I got going on on the interwebs. Cool. How about you, Verna? Uh, <clears throat> you can find me on Twitter at Verbrondin um, for the most up-to-date pictures of my cats. <laughs> nice. Good content. <laughs> Quality cat content right here. That's all you need from the internet at, <laughs> at this point. Um, and that's going to be it for us. Uh... Yeah, it's a podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Good luck out there, and don't forget to take care of yourself. Yourselves. 
yourself. Your shelf. Don't forget to take care of your shelf. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>